0: God of the ages, you call the church to keep watch in the world and to discern the signs of the times. Grant us the wisdom which your spirit bestows, that with courage we may proclaim your prophetic word and complete the work that you have set before us. We make our prayer through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in union with the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever.
1: A reading from the Book of Wisdom. For who can learn from the counsel of God? or who can discern what the Lord wills? reasoning of mortals is worthless and our designs are likely to fail for a perishable body weighs down the soul and this earthly tent burdens the thoughtful mind we can hardly guess at what is on earth and what is at hand when we find labor but who has traced out What is in the heavens? Who has learned your counsel unless you have given wisdom and sent your Holy Spirit from on high? And thus the paths of those on earth were set right, and the people were taught what pleases you, and were saved by wisdom. The word of the Lord. Omnisimus, um, a slave who is owned by Paul's friend Philemon runs away from his service to Philemon and joins Paul in baptism and faith. In his letter to Philemon, Paul encourages him to accept Onesimus on his own return as a slave, not as a slave, but as a brother in Christ. Paul believed that baptism changes us completely from inside out. Is that how you see it? A reading from the letter of St. Paul to Philemon. Beloved, I, Paul, do this as an old man, and now also as a prisoner of Christ Jesus. I am appealing to you for my son, Omnissimus, whose father I have become during my imprisonment. I am sending him, that is, my own heart, back to you. I wanted to keep him with me so that he he might be of service to me in your place during my imprisonment for the gospel. But I preferred to do nothing without your consent in order that your good deed might be voluntary and not something forced. Perhaps this is the reason he was separated from you for a while so that you might have him back forever. No longer as a slave, but more than a slave a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in flesh and in the Lord. So if you consider me a, your partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
2: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit, speaking from the Holy Gospel, according to Luke, glory, glory to you, Lord. Great crowds were traveling with Jesus, and he turned and addressed them. If anyone comes to me without hating his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Which of you, wishing to construct a tower, does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if there is enough for its completion? Otherwise, after laying the foundation and finding himself unable to finish the work, the onlookers should laugh at him and say, This one began to build but did not have enough resources to finish. Or what king marching into battle would not first sit down and decide whether with 10,000 troops he can successfully oppose another king advancing upon him with 20,000 troops? But if not, while he is still far away, he will send a delegation to ask for peace terms. In the same way, anyone of you who does not renounce all his possessions cannot be my disciple. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Ruha, Holy
0: Spirit, open our hearts to the wisdom of the Gospel. That this gospel will direct our lives. We had minute prayer yesterday morning, and it was really a good session as as usual. The, the spirit of God just built that place, and it's just I learned so much from the guys. It's good for me to. To hear that text from other perspectives, that line in, in the gospel, unless you hate your mother and father, some of the guys who were there yesterday, uh, they've raised teenage daughters and so they've heard that. <laughs> I hate you! <laughs> and I'm not saying only daughters say that. Well, whatever. Whatever. In the discussion that went on yesterday, one of the guys mentioned that in the text, Jesus says, take up your cross by yourself, on your own. Did you hear that? The guy who brought it up said, you know, it's just, that's strange because Jesus didn't carry his cross by himself, did he? Fifth station, Simon of Cyrene helps Jesus carry his cross. Maybe the truth of this gospel text is that when we are called to carry a cross, and and years ago, the working definition that I was given was, carrying your cross is fulfilling the demands of love. When we're called to carry that cross we can turn to jesus in prayer and jesus helps us to fulfill the demands of love today's gospel text is a challenging challenging text it calls us to look and to see how seriously we take our relationship with Lord Jesus There were two professors from the university having a discussion talking about the things they really cared about and the one said to the other I understand my neighbor's grandson Peter is one of your students and the professor said ah uh, he's registered in the course, and he comes pretty regularly to class, but he's not really my student. Are we really the followers of Jesus? Those who have been taught and who have learned to center our lives on Jesus. I came across a story that I think touches this rather difficult gospel. It's a story about a a monastery in the woods that had fallen on really bad times. Um, used to be that lots of people would come and, and they would pray the office with the monks and they would come to liturgy. But for years and years, nobody came. And the monastery itself fell into disrepair. There were no new monks. The old monks had a sense that their life was dying. Now, there was a rabbi who lived in that area, a rabbi who built a hut in the forest near the monastery, and this very holy rabbi would come to this hut for prayer. They never really met him. They didn't talk to him. But they just had a sense that the rabbi was in the forest. They had a sense of his presence. The abbot, the head of the monastery, realizing that the rabbi was there, decided he needed to go and talk to him. And so he did. He After Mass that day, he went out and he went to the hut in search of the rabbi. And sure enough, there was the rabbi standing in front of the hut with his arms open in a gesture of welcome. The abbot, the head of the monastery, fell into the rabbi's arms. And they held each other for a long time, both of them crying copious tears. After a while, the rabbi invited the abbot into his hut. And he invited him to sit down at the table, and on the table was a copy of the scriptures. And again... When the rabbi saw the scriptures and the abbot saw the scriptures, they were overwhelmed and they wept tears of joy. The rabbi said to the abbot, I know that you have come here to me to be given a teaching You're troubled about the monastery. You're troubled about your community. And you've come to me for wisdom. And God has given me this wisdom. I'm going to share it with you. But when you get back, you can only say it once to your brothers in the monastery. You can only say it once. And the abbot said, well, what is this wisdom teaching? And the rabbi looked at him with compassion in his eyes. And he said, the wisdom teaching is the Messiah is in your midst. They embraced The abbot went back to the monastery and the next day after morning prayer, he said that he had a teaching from the rabbi and that this teaching could only be spoken once and would never be spoken again and they were excited to hear it. They were hoping for something that would change the monastery, would help them come alive again and the abbot said the Messiah is among you what? did did he just say the Messiah was here with us? which one of us is the Messiah? could it be David the the one who shows our habits? could it be brother Morse? who cooks our food. Could it be Benedict, the one who was our abbot many years ago? Which one of us is the Messiah? From that day forward, things started to change in the the monastery. They looked at one another, seeking to understand and appreciate each of the brothers. They read the scriptures as if they were searching for something, and when they prayed together and when they celebrated the Eucharist, they were full of joy as if they had something. their prayer times changed. They were full of joy. When they chanted the Psalms, they were so full of life. People from outside the monastery started coming to pray with them, and they came and shared the Mass with them. And lo and behold, lo and behold, a number of young men came Seeking to be members of this community. They never spoke of the rabbi's promise again. But it is in that promise that they lived their lives and it made all the difference. The Messiah is in your midst. Thanks for listening to this week's service. For more information about our church, including upcoming events, please visit us online at goodshepherd-sc.org.